Welcome to part two of my three-part mini-series on the Ignited Core values. Like I said in the first episode, with the release of the new Ignited Challenge coin, I thought it would be fitting to do a three-part mini-series on the core values that I utilize for the Ignited movement. They are stamped on the coin, and they are action, ownership, and brotherhood. We should all have a set of identifiable core values that we operate by, and we should be able to talk about those core values and why they matter to us at any given moment. Otherwise, they're not really core values, right? I'd advise that while you listen to this miniseries, that you identify some of the core values that speak to you in your own personal life. And by doing this, you become ironclad in your stance on principle when it comes to why it is you do what you do. are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. If you haven't already, I would highly recommend you read the book called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. My whole perspective on accountability and teamwork changed once I read that book. I read about how decentralized command worked and why it worked so well. Sure, there are instances where accountability may be an issue within the corporate community, but we deal in saving lives as firefighters and paramedics. Since reading about the method that Jocko and Leif operated under during some of, if not the most dangerous battles in Ramadi, I understood that their implementation of ownership could directly relate to the fire service. Their consulting firm, Echelon Front, meets with executive teams, military leadership groups, and first responders across the globe in order to help them hone in their accountability by taking what they call extreme ownership. If you haven't read the book yet, like I said, I highly advise it. This concept is what I've adopted into the Ignited Core Values, but it actually started a long time ago without me fully realizing it. You don't typically adopt core values. Your core values are just who you are inherently. Uh, who, they're, they're elements that build your character, and as a result, build your organization. So years ago, 
I was finishing up my bachelor's degree at ASU, Arizona State University, and I had the opportunity to take some classes from several chief officers who had themselves created cultures of ownership and accountability. And one of those people was Fire Chief Cliff Jones from the Tempe Fire Department. After teaching us a class on customer service and leadership, and on the last day of his employment with his organization before retirement, was spotted out front of the administration building walking the grounds. What was he doing? He was slowly pacing around and looking at the ground, but as he did, he was bending over and picking up trash as he strolled. Now, I don't presume to know what was going through his mind. I'm sure there were a lot of things to think about while he possibly reflected on the 30-year career that he had at Tempe Fire. However, what I was seeing was a man who took pride and ownership in the organization that he was a part of. By witnessing the active process of him walking around in his slacks and white button-down officer's shirt, I learned a lot about how, regardless of rank and regardless of seniority, you're never above performing the lowliest of tasks. That's pride. That's ownership in action. I took what I saw on that day and made the decision that I'd operate on the principle that I would never walk by a problem that I had the power to solve. Instead, I would take ownership and mitigate issues as best I could. So, what are some things that we can keep in mind so that we make sure to operate with a mentality of ownership? What I'm going to do in this episode is review some things to put on your radar so that you can start implementing the idea of ownership into your own life. That way, as you're able to identify the things to do and what not to do, you can either start implementing them or eliminating those things from your life altogether. So number one, notice your blaming tendencies. Our tendency to blame others for our circumstances is often a knee-jerk reaction. We immediately want to shirk the blame to another person or a situation. Knowing this, the first step in building ownership is to pay attention to that reaction and acknowledge our role and the part we've played in it. The next time a situation doesn't go the way you'd hoped or planned, rather than blame the situation, take a moment to assess your own contribution and ask yourself, what was my role in this? And just like I'd mentioned in previous episodes, people have a tendency to react rather than respond. And if you'd like to go back and listen to episode 47 specifically, you'll learn the difference between the two and you'll be able to hit the ground running when it comes to understanding how to get a handle on it and get in the mindset of responding over reacting. As we fall into the repeated pattern of reacting rather than responding, we become passive in our effort and ownership, which further embeds a victim mentality. If you hear yourself complaining, take a moment, reassess the situation, and ask yourself, what can I learn from this? What's the bigger picture here? Number two, focus on solutions. We are ingenious at developing creative solutions when we need to. If you work in a smaller or rural organization, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've got to be way more resourceful when it comes to doing the job with less than half the resources that larger organizations have. 
Relating this idea to your own life, if something is important to you, whether it be your health, your fitness, relationships, career, education, or your happiness in general, you'll find a way to shore those things up despite the obstacles. Next time you're faced with a challenging situation, rather than taking a defeatist stance or coming down on yourself because you yet again failed to adhere to plan for cleaning up your diet, or rather than shut down and wallow in your own pity, get up, dust off, and focus on the solution. Instead of saying stupid things like, I can't, instead ask yourself, how can I? I've said this before, saying I can't is a bad word in my house. In fact, it's like worse than a bad word. I don't allow my kids to say those words at all. I'm actually more okay with them swearing over saying I can't. And I'm adamant that my kids don't swear. So you can get an idea of how bad I hate it when, when they say I can't. When they say I can't, if they dare to, <laughs> I remind them that they can. They just may need some help or they may need to approach the situation in a different way. Then I tattoo the consequences into their brain by making them do like 25 push-ups or 50 squats, something. To practice this on a smaller scale, take a current problem that you're facing and let go of logic and resources. Write down all the wild and crazy ideas that come to you. This is your time to brainstorm. The idea isn't to come up with a perfect solution right away. The idea is, like I said, to brainstorm, get everything out, be creative with it. This can jumpstart your creative thinking, your problem solving, and provide a plan of action. And it gives you a sense of control over your outcomes. No matter how ridiculous it may sound, it still provides you that sense of control. So then you start to think differently. The more practiced you become at the smaller things, the better prepared you'll be to enact that system in a faster way for the bigger things. Number three, practice the power of choice. Lack of ownership thrives in an environment of victimhood. I'm going to say that again. Lack of ownership thrives in an environment of victimhood. When we claim that we don't have a choice in a situation, we give up any power or control we had of the situation itself. In reality, we always have a choice, right? This kind of goes back to uh, Viktor Frankl's logotherapy in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. Even when we don't actively make a choice, we're still making a choice by default. By acknowledging all of our options, we ingrain a sense of personal responsibility and develop conscious decision-making. And maybe it's the end of the day, and maybe you're just mentally wiped out, and you tell yourself that you're too tired to go to the gym. This is a perfect time where you reframe that language to signify your ability to make an active choice. For example, you would say out loud to yourself, I choose not to go to the gym today. By saying those words out loud, your gut will tell you whether those words are a valid, responsible reason, or if you're blaming external circumstances via an excuse. Start to use intentional language around your everyday choices to build a sense of ownership for those decisions. And maybe they sound like this. I choose to play with my kids. I choose to go to the gym in the morning. I choose to eat healthy food today. Or even try the opposite to point out your negative behavior to yourself and maybe help shake you out of that apathy that's got you so comfortable. Things like, I choose to eat like crap. 
or I'm choosing to be out with my friends rather than spend time with my children, or I'm choosing to sit home rather than go to the gym. The positive or negative reinforcement of choice will help develop your internal locus of control. Number four, become accountable. When you hold yourself accountable to others, you're more likely to take ownership of your own actions. This is one reason why working out with a partner or a friend is so effective. You push each other, right? You keep each other accountable. You might even compete, and it actually helps that accountability naturally. By allowing your friends or crew members to help you be accountable, you aid in ensuring that you don't fall back into negative previous behavior patterns. Personally, I would advise that you either recruit your crew at work to be this system for you, or maybe seek an outside group of like-minded people on a similar mission to achieve the same results. And I'm going to do a shameless self-promotion here. This is exactly what I'm building with the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. That is exactly why it exists. As I build programs that I think may help you, I use the group to debut those programs and offer special discounts for those who are interested in them. So join the group, reach out to myself or others within that group, and take the steps needed to set up a system of accountability for yourself. Drop something in there like, who's working out today? What are you doing? Ask questions. Maybe just post in there what it is you're, you're working toward. Whatever goal it may be, no matter how small it may seem, throw it in there. People are interested. People want to support you. You're not alone in any of this. Moving on to number five. The obstacle is the way. When you blame external forces for your circumstances, you create an environment where you never have to live outside your comfort zone. And what does that get you? Fat, tired, weak, and unhappy. While it may feel safe and comfortable there, nothing amazing ever happens there. It never does. This is the status quo, and that is what the Ignited Movement is built around stamping out. In order to grow, develop, and create a fulfilling life, we need to step outside our comfort zone and build a sense of responsibility for our outcomes. We need to take the harder path. And remember, like any beginner, the first time we try something, we're likely to fail a few times. So we can't expect to pick up a guitar for the first time and be amazing at it, right? That's insanity. Now, I want to make this very clear because I've witnessed a lot of confusion with what I'm about to say. Failure can be a great teacher, but it isn't the only teacher. I've seen kids' movies that celebrate failure as the only way to learn, and that's absolute BS. And I see memes on the internet and stuff, failure means you're learning. Well, no, it doesn't. If you fail and you choose to ignore the results of it and you choose to better yourself and learn from it, then you're not learning. You're, you're just simply failing, and you're not benefiting from anything that it could offer you. So to think that failing is the only way to learn or making mistakes is our only way to learn, well, that's total BS. Making mistakes is not your only way to learn. I've watched plenty of other people make some stupid mistakes, and I've learned a great deal by watching other people make those mistakes. So you don't have to make the mistakes to learn. You can read books. You can expand your mind, see things from a new way. Mistakes are not the only way you learn. So please purge that from your mind. You can learn through observation, like I said, practical application, trial and error, and yes, failure, but only if you choose to. 
Let me pose this question. If you focus on failure, guess where you'll stay? Right? In a mindset of failure. Use your failure as a stepping off point for something better. By acknowledging that the obstacle is the way, you take ownership of the paths lying before you. Being willing to make those mistakes, but being willing to learn from those mistakes, and by creating sustainable but imperfect progress, you'll help develop a sense of control, direction, and responsibility. Number six, last thing, monitor your media. Watch what you watch. And by that, I mean, make sure to be conscious in what you allow to influence you when it comes to the media. Thinking the world is a dangerous, scary, out-of-control place creates needless anxiety in your life and will keep you at a standstill. It'll keep you in the fear box. Don't let fear influence you, because if you do, it'll completely take over. The more media of outrage and fear that you consume, the more it will reinforce your belief that external forces are to blame for our personal circumstances. And that's just simply not true. Take the reins, take control, stop blaming other things, and get out there and move and take action. Take ownership and then take action. Make sure that you're aware of the media's effect on your thought patterns and choose to engage in ways that educate, inform, and enhance your life. Not ways that would have you shackled in a mental and emotional prison. It's time to take ownership. Taking responsibility for your thoughts, your actions, and life can feel challenging. I get it. It requires a humble willingness to learn from your mistakes, to own your successes as well as your failures, and to stop blaming others for your circumstances. By taking ownership of our lives, of the things around us, and of our organizations, we build character, grit, and self-respect. It allows us to proactively create a fulfilling, meaningful, and healthy life where we decide how to respond to our circumstances with accountability and fortitude. Once we understand the quality of our life is largely influenced by our mindset, our focus, and our actions, we have the freedom to choose our response rather than be a slave to our reaction. So, take ownership of your life, own your decisions, be willing to fail, and become the change you wish to see. I made this announcement on the last couple of episodes, guys. It's the first ever newly minted Ignited Challenge coin, and it's now available through the online shop. For everyone listening to the podcast, I'm going to give you a special discount. If you use the code PODCAST, you'll get $2 off your Challenge coin orders. Now that's like if you order 12 Challenge coins, you'll get $2 off each coin. Shipping is always free on the challenge coins. Just make sure that you select the right shipping option in the drop-down menu. I'm excited to get these coins out to you guys. They look really great. I'm happy with how they turned out. So get your orders in soon because they are limited in quantity. As always, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. And please subscribe and share these episodes with someone who you think should hear them. Also, do me a favor. Leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the show. It helps others who are looking for a quality podcast to find the show. And if I can get quality people such as yourselves leaving quality reviews, then we all win. I bring this show to you completely for your benefit for free. So I'm asking you to just do me that one small favor. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. 
One way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group that I'd mentioned earlier in the episode. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together, dive deeper into the topics discussed on the show, and talk about the things going on with our organizations and our personal lives. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Ignited.